0: If you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you uh, to open it or click it open if it's on a phone to Matthew chapter 14. We've been talking about miracles and uh, we, um, Josh and I have been sharing around miracles and miracles. uh, The super cool thing is we're in the middle of a a season of miracles right now. In all of my years, certainly in church, I've never seen miracles lining up like they have been and continue to uh, have happening um we're just finalizing at the moment some builders for lily house for what's going on here uh, down at the church look if you if you want a prayer point please pray that the engineer will get his act together because we've been looking at the same hole in the ground for like eight weeks and um we really need it to get filled with stuff um so if you can just in your prayer just pray that the engineer will get this together and the certifying we can actually move ahead we're just waiting on them but we're we're talking about different miracles and I want to share with with you this miracle in Matthew chapter 14 if you have our app you can uh, have a look at the notes there as well if it's all on the app So let me read from verse 22. Immediately, now this came just after we did the the, um, feeding of the 5,000 last week. This is the very next thing that happened. So just after the feeding of the 5,000, the disciples had seen this incredible miracle. And then it says this, immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone but the boat by this time was a long way from the land beaten by the waves for the wind was against them and in the fourth watch of the night he came to them walking on the sea now I've done this before in very cold climates where it's frozen but I've never done it on actual water and it is a storm it's not like a pond it's a storm and Jesus comes walking to them on the sea And when they saw him, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they immediately cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, take heart at his eye. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he looked at the wind, he was afraid and began to and, and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out a hand and took hold of him saying oh you of little faith why did you doubt and when he got into the boat the wind ceased and those in the boat worshipped him saying truly you are the son of God let's pray together Lord I pray that you would just as we open these scriptures Lord that you would speak to us about our walk about our storms about what we face and about how we can have faith for miracles in our life in Jesus name Amen. So the fact is all of us face storms in our life and some of you are facing them right now. It might be a medical report, a fight with someone that you love, a bill that you didn't expect. We all face storms in life, all of us. We can, we can sing as we just have, when the oceans rise and thunders roar, I will soar with you above the storm. But it's still scary. Is that right? I mean, let's be honest. You know, it, it's a difficult time. The Sea of Galilee is quite unique. Now, I don't know if you know much about the topography of the land there, but the Sea of Galilee is actually 700 feet below sea level. But the mountains surrounding it are 4,000 feet above sea level. So, what happens is cold air rushes down the mountain slopes and collides with warm air coming off the lake and creates phenomenally violent and aggressive storms. And Jesus sent these disciples into the storm. Now, you need to note that Jesus sent these guys into the storm he knew the storm was brewing and he sent them out into the storm and look there are storms and storms aren't there I mean there's little ones and big ones and that sort of stuff Dr. Thomas Constable said this there are two kinds of storms storms of correction when God disciplines us in storms of perfection, when God helps us to grow. Jonah was in a storm because he disobeyed God and had to be corrected. But the disciples were in this storm because they obeyed Christ and had to be perfected. And Jesus told him to hop in the boat and he said, go ahead while I pray. He didn't do it to punish them. He didn't do it to correct them. He did it to grow their faith. They faced the storm that was seemingly driving against them and some people think that when you come to Jesus, when you ask Jesus into your life, we've had several people here who've done that recently. When you ask Jesus into your life, some people think, well it's just a bed of roses. It everything's going to be great. But roses have thorns, folks. I mean, you know, I don't want to sleep in a bed of roses, do you? No, right? because the Christian life doesn't automatically exempt you from troubles and storms and strife and difficulties but what it does do is it gets you the ability to go through it listen sometimes when you obey the Lord the storm intensifies have you ever experienced that you obey him and far from it getting better it seems to get worse for a time because jesus doesn't take you around the storms in life he takes you through them and allows you to triumph over them as jesus promised himself in john sixteen i've said these things to you that in me you may have peace in the world you will have tribulation but take heart i have overcome the world and that's a promise right there that we can hang on to but look for these disciples it was not their first rodeo they were seasoned fishermen it was not their first storm they knew all about they've been fishing on this lake their whole lives so a storm at sea was not new in fact we read in Matthew chapter 8 a few chapters earlier of another storm and Jesus was asleep in the boat and and they woke him up and and Jesus calmed the storm do you remember that this is a different storm so here's Peter you know the storm's really bad the winds are coming against the waves are crashing over the bow of their little boat and Peter you know turns the, to the others and he says guys the storm is fierce we're tired and we're scared quick wake Jesus up and let him deal with a pronto and they say um uh, excuse me Peter Jesus isn't here we left him on the shore oh whoops wrong story wrong storm and so he had to say okay now we hit the panic button because it was terrifying out there can you imagine have you ever been in a small boat in a big storm it's really scary and it makes me feel sick I don't know about you but uh, I've been in boats where everybody has been hanging over the side um, because it it really upsets your your stomach but also it's quite terrifying and sometimes in your storms in whatever the storm you face sometimes even though you've just seen God do miracles as they saw with the feeding of the 5,000 sometimes when you face a different storm your faith starts to falter doesn't it? You had faith for the last thing or you saw an incredible miracle, but sometimes you feel like the waves are too big. The storm is too fierce and you feel like God has abandoned you and you're all alone. So this storm really battered the faith of those disciples. Matthew fourteen twenty four says this, but the boat by this time was a long way from land beaten by the waves and the wind was against them. Now, if you look at the Greek words that are used there, the Greek word for beaten is basanizo, meaning tested, means battered, means harassed, it even means tortured. So these ways were like torturing them. And uh, the the word that is used... Um, for the wind is anantios, which means a hostile adversary. So they felt like the wind was against them. And they felt like they'd been tortured by this wind that was against them. And how true of our own experience. You know, we often are storm-tossed. We're perplexed. We're in despair. When stuff comes against us, we feel overwhelmed. Do you ever feel overwhelmed? Yeah, good. I'm glad you said that because I thought I was the only one. Because sometimes all these things drop on top of you and you just hit you just overwhelm and you feel when you get overwhelmed you feel like everything is conspiring against you don't you have you ever felt like that in fact to use the words my dear dad used to say you can't take a trick did did, did your dad ever say that it's about cribbage and he said oh man you you can't take a trick and I went okay I I had to research to find out what it meant when he said it but when the night seems darkest Jesus is near at hand when we often mistake him then and we hit hit the panic button but I'm telling you if you're going through a storm right now Jesus is right there with you he if you're going through a storm right now you need to listen for his comforting voice and remember that the waves that are causing you to fear are under his feet they're under his feet so the disciples fought the elements all night until three somewhere between three or six in the morning which is called the fourth watch under roman military terms and then in the fourth watch at three or six a.m jesus walked out through the storm to see them the disciples thought the approaching savior was a ghost but then jesus spoke and and so I'm telling you, if you are fearful today, if storms are surrounding you today, you need to hear the voice of the Savior somewhere in your storm. Nothing can calm the, st- the sea or the raging in your heart like a word from God. And some of you are sitting here, I know, looking for that today. I could not tell you the number of times God has spoken to me in the middle of, of storms and and difficulties that I've faced as you probably know Fiona and I lost everything at one point to a corporation that was called Storm can you believe it (laughs) oh my goodness it just lines right up and God spoke to us many times through that someone said are you bitter about losing everything at that point I'm not it's just the most expensive education we've ever had But through it all, God gave me this verse, Isaiah 41 verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And how many of you here need to know something you're going through at the moment? That God has you in his righteous right hand. He's not letting go of you. You can walk out if you like, but he won't let go of you. Now for the disciples what calmed them was, was verse 27 it says Jesus speaks to them saying take heart it is I do not be afraid. The word for afraid in the Greek now we, we take a lot of our words from the Greek the word for afraid in the Greek is the word phobia sound familiar you heard of a phobia. A phobia is something that we find all the time psychologists are busy diagnosing more and more phobias every step of the way there are there are millions of phobias around have you noticed that especially at the moment with the fear of the COVID virus going to crown the world everybody is scared everybody is fearful so I well not everybody but everybody except you and um <laughs> So I went and looked up a few, a few uh, fears. This is for those of you who are psychologically inclined. Aerophobia. Aerophobia is the fear of going to work, so you stay at home. Oikophobia is the fear of houses, so you stay at work. Ablutophobia is the fear of washing. Some of you boys have that. Yeah, that's right. Panphobia is the fear of everything. This one I like, nomophobia. It's the fear of being without mobile phone coverage. I'm not kidding, it's an actual phobia. And the new kid on the block, believe it or not, is coronaphobia. I'll let you figure that one out for yourself. See, the whole world lives in a climate of fear, and nothing will break through the fear of people's lives like encountering Jesus Christ. Nothing. He takes away fear. Sometimes Jesus lets us labor long into the storm, through the storm, till we wear ourselves out. Why? Because if we labor until we're at our wits end, when we get to the end of ourselves, we find Jesus there. And sometimes he lets us do that. Fear, F-E-A-R, sense for false evidence appearing real, because most of the things we fear never happen. Probably 99% of the things we actually fear don't happen. But the enemy uses that to target us. So we need to not have a spirit of fear, but of what? Power, love and a sound mind. That's why, that's why that verse was written, so that we would not live under this, this fear. In fact, as Franklin Roosevelt said at the start of the Depression, when he became President of the United States, that famous quote, we have nothing to fear except fear itself. That's the only thing that fear has. It's itself. Because most of what we fear never comes true. So um, I once went snorkeling with a friend. Um, I'll tell you who it is, actually. It was Bill Newman. And we were in Fiji doing these meetings. And uh, we went snorkeling together, us and a few other members of the team. And one of the guys thought it would be really funny. You know, you know you're sitting there with the snorkel, your head's under the water, and all you can hear is... And one guy thought it'd be real funny to come up and grab his foot. Well, I'm telling you, I saw a man walk on water that day. Like, <laughs> but this was far more than that. The miracle that Jesus had, that's the, that's the closest I've gone to someone walking on water. But the miracle that Jesus had right here is incredible because he strolled out through a few miles of sea in a huge cyclone not in a not in a nice mill pond but in a huge cyclone and it wasn't sea ice it was actually water all that sort of stuff you know you can explain it away however you like but this is a this is a miracle he walked on the water a genuine miracle and Peter rather than getting seasick and hanging over the side and throwing up asked the big question can I do that too and he said man if, if, if if that's you Lord ask me out there I'm up for this And Jesus said, come on on, the water's fine. He didn't say, come on in, because he wasn't in it. He said, come on on, the water's fine. Matthew uh, 14, 28, 29. Peter answered, Lord, if it is you, command me to come out to you on the water. And he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water. And he came to Jesus. You know, you can criticize Peter's faith all you like, but Peter was the only guy who got out of the boat. The rest of them stood there in the boat and said, I'm not doing that, I'm not doing that. And Peter had the courage and the faith and probably the stupidity to get out of the boat in a storm and walk across to Jesus so what about you are you faithful enough to step out into the unknown sometimes we have to step out into the unknown but we should never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God so here's Jesus walking on the water Peter has the faith to do the same he steps out of the boat he's walking on the water one step two steps his eyes firmly fixed on jesus jesus called him and he stepped out in faith until what what does the word of god say he started to look around i was thinking the other day i don't know if you've seen this there's a clip on youtube that i like It's very short little clip it's called the german coast guard um all due respect to Otto and Renata up there but this one's really funny um and it's this young guy who's a young German guy who doesn't speak very good English and they leave him in charge of the Coast Guard thing anyway this call comes in and the the call says mayday mayday we're sinking I repeat we are sinking and he gets on the the thing and he goes what are you sinking about (laughs) and this there's no misunderstanding here Peter was actually sinking and Jesus didn't say what all you're thinking about he (laughs) said Peter took his eyes off Jesus right he took his eyes off Jesus and he began to sink and Peter might have been criticized for this they say he, he should not have asked to go out on the water well I admire the guy William Carey said expect great things of God attempt great things for God don't you like that Certainly, Peter did that. I'm afraid that most of us are satisfied with the little things of God. Some of us are just satisfied to get by. And I don't want to be that guy. And I'm praying you don't want to be that guy or girl as well. That you don't want to sit here and go, I'm just going to float through life. I'm just going to, you know, any, listen, any dead fish can float with the tide. It takes a live one to swim against it. And I think right now in our society, we've got so many opportunities to stand for Jesus Christ and to stand for what is right that we should not spurn any of these opportunities. We should be the people who are so full of faith they step out of the boat. We are now, you know, we're we're soon, soon as the engineer gets his act together, we're going to be moving into new premises. That would never have happened. if, If our leadership was so scared, they would never step out of the boat. We had to take a step. We had to take a chance. We had to step out in faith. We're not happy just to muddle by. And I hope you're not too. I want to be the guy stepping out of the boat. You know, pass or fail, sink or swim, I'm going to go down swinging. And I hope you are too. So here's the thing. What you focus on is what you get. Peter took his eyes off the Lord Jesus while he was walking on the water. And when he began to sink, he prayed the shortest, one of the shortest prayers in the Bible. He prayed, Lord, save me. That's pretty short, isn't it? Think about it. If, if Simon Peter was already a pastor or a preacher, he would have prayed something like this. "O oh Lord, thou who art omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. <laughs> we beseech thee by thy bountiful blessings. Peter would have been 29 feet down if he prayed that prayer before he got to the point. See, the thing is, he was desperate enough to pray, Lord, save me. And uh, I think we need to have that same desperation, don't you? Peter got right down to business and we need to pray like that too. Skip the fluff, pray like your life depends on it because it does. I love what D.L. Moody once said about prayer. Listen to this. This is my favorite quote on prayer. Most prayers should be cut short at either end and set on fire in the middle. <laughs> Isn't that great? You know, this, the time for fluffy prayers is gone, folks. We have a nation that is going to hell. We have a nation that's living in fear and we need to start praying like our life and the lives of our people depend on it because they do skip the fluff get to the facts and since Peter would rather swallow his pride than swallow water a hand comes through the rain and pulls him up verse 31 says this Jesus immediately reached his hand took hold of him saying oh you of little faith why did you doubt and then Uh, and when they got in the boat the wind ceased now I believe it was a gentle rebuke from Jesus he wasn't saying like this I believe what he said to Peter at that point was dude you nearly had that why'd you take your eyes off me for we were nearly there and you got overwhelmed and how many of us can share that thought you're trying to believe you you know stuff's coming against you you keep going and sometimes you hit overwhelming you take your eyes off Jesus if you're honest don't you Frederick Lenz says what we focus on we become so if you focus on unhappiness you'll become unhappy if you focus on fear you'll become fearful if you focus on God you will become godly if you focus on Jesus you will grow to be like him that's why Paul says in Colossians 3 verse 2 set your mind on things above not on earthly things and folks I've got to be honest with you I think even as Christians we do the wrong thing we fill our mind with earthly things and wonder why we lose focus on Christ. That's why I read the Bible every day. That's why I have a quiet time every day. Not because I'm under obligation, but because it keeps my eyes fixed on Jesus. So if you're filling your mind and your heart with Facebook and internet and, and you know stuff like that, then you're not going to be focusing on Jesus, I can tell you. Fill your mind with the things of God. Put the good things in your head. As as Paul says to the Philippians, finally, brothers, Philippians four verse eight. Whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellent or anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Because Paul knew that as human beings we fill our minds with all sorts of stuff. But if we are going to focus on Jesus, we need to fill our mind with the things of God. Is that right? So here's Peter. He's sinking. He gets rescued. But I believe in this. Peter was failing forward. Peter may have failed. Yes, he got out there. He sunk. He failed. Fair enough. But he was failing forward. You see, failure is not defeat until you say it is. If you say failure is defeat, then it will be defeat. But if you say, no, I'm not defeated, then you can keep going. Albert Einstein said failure is just success in progress. If you fail and then give up, you defeat yourself. But if you fail and learn from it, you fail forward and you grow into success. Former IBM president uh, Thomas Watson (coughs) Jr. said this, if you want to increase your success rate, double your failure rate. You know, because failure is not the end of the story. Everybody fails. Thomas Edison failed over a thousand times before he invented the light globe. Lincoln failed multiple times in elections before he was elected as the president. My favourite one, Decca Records, rejected the Beatles saying guitar groups are on the way out. <laughs> Good on you, boys. Walt Disney went bankrupt and was fired from a Missouri newspaper for listen to this for not being creative enough (laughs) right all these people face failure time and time again but failure is only defeat when you say it is so if you're facing failure if you've if you've done something if you've tried and you've failed I'm telling you now it is only defeat when you say it is If you can pick yourself up if you can keep going if you can keep your eyes firmly fixed on christ you will not be defeated you will not be defeated and it doesn't matter if you fail and start to sink into the raging sea because jesus is there to rescue you but it matters that you're the one who's still sitting in the boat and failed to step out so what of it do you want god to use you in an incredible way who wants god to use you i do Reinhard Bonnke once said they said what's your purpose in life he said I want to get to heaven take as many people as I can with me and that's a pretty good purpose in life isn't it I like that so let's talk about fixing your eyes Hebrews 12 verses 1 to 2 says this now Hebrews 11 is the great chapter on faith talks about all the faith (coughs) all the heroes of faith but Hebrews 12 starts this way right after that chapter says this listen therefore since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight every sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race set before us looking to jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith now the greek word looking to is a phoreo, which means to fix your eyes or focus on so what you focus on is what you become now as you probably know i'm an optometrist I might be able to fix your eyes, but I cannot fix your eyes on Christ. You have to do that yourself. I can't give you glasses that makes you see Jesus better because it's done with the eyes of the Spirit. And we, we look, we encounter this all the time. Have you ever been running? Some of you don't run very much, I know. <laughs> I don't either. But have you ever been running and you get really tired, but someone comes alongside of you and encourages you and suddenly you get this burst of energy you never knew was there? Have you experienced that? Okay. How does that work? What is happening there? Why do you keep going? Because you have someone beside you. It shifts the focus from your pain and your discomfort and your tiredness to someone else who's speaking to you saying, come on, you can do this, you can do this and you get a second wind similarly if you turn keep your attention on Jesus Jesus will enable you to persevere so Peter stopped looking at Jesus and started focusing on his circumstances he saw the waves he heard the wind he felt the damp the cold chill he began to sink but Jesus intervened and rescued him and that was the very moment when the storm was quieted and then what did the disciples say in verse 33 they said truly you are the son of God when the whole like when all of nature is at your command they recognize that Jesus was the son of God all genuine miracles have as their prime aim giving glory to God miracles are not for our comfort they're not just for our blessing although they are they're not so that we can go to the church down the road and say well we should see what our church is doing right miracles are about glorifying God and the miracles that we've seen in this church i'm telling you now they're not me they're not our leadership they are glorifying god because only god can do that stuff none of us can we can just pray and follow and serve and let him open the doors all we need to do is to be obedient to keep our eyes fixed on him and we will see miracles in our life i really believe that so how can we avoid what happened to peter in the sea well, there's two ways to avoid it. One is never get out of the boat. So if you want to stay in the boat, good luck to you. But you will be, you know, you, you're, you will not make a difference in eternity. If you just stay in the boat, if you just float along and, you know, you can come to church week after week. I'm telling you, God, some of you have stuff burning in your spirit you want to do for God. And I want to encourage you right now is the time to get out of the boat and step into it. God is planting stuff, I know, in in the hearts of of people here. And it's not about just coming to church. And You know, I believe church should be a vehicle to train and equip and release you to be all you can be in God. Do I hear an amen to that? And that's my aim. I want to train, equip and release you so that we have a church of dynamic people doing incredible things right throughout our society. So we sang earlier, turn your eyes upon Jesus. That's a beautiful song, isn't it? Remember what the words say? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful faith, face. And what happens? And the things of earth grow strangely dim. Strangely dim. See, that, that little hymn is exactly what we experience. If we focus on Christ, the things of earth grow strangely dim. Don't believe me? Let me prove it to you you can see here we've got a dot and we've got some colored balls out here can you see that now i want you to stare stare at the cross in the middle just stare at it and what you'll find is that the colored dots disappear turn your eyes upon jesus look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth grow strangely dim who experienced that just then it's an incredible thing see this is the way our God created us the way he wired us but when we, when we look at something when we focus on something the things of earth grow strangely dim it's really true Isaiah 26 3 keep, you will keep in perfect peace he's whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you so some of you here today face situations that fill you with fear but I want to pray for faith I once heard a saying fear knocked at the door faith answered there was no one there and that's what it's like if you have faith in your heart, you just don't experience the fear that the rest of this world is going through right at this moment. So I'm not sure what you face right now, but I want, I'm want i not asking you what you're facing right now. I'm going to ask you what you're focusing on. Are you focusing on the dilemma or the deliverer, the problem or the protector, the situation or the saviour? Because you cannot focus on all of it. What you focus on determines what you will become and to this end I want to show you another little trick here have a look at this one focus on these four dots don't move your eyes don't look anywhere else just focus on them if you're over at the sides there you might want to sort of slip around and can you see it over there kind of just focus on those four dots and now when we go to the blank slide thanks Eli there he is there he is you see if you focus enough on christ he appears even when you don't don't even think he's there he's still there because that's what it's like what are you focusing on right now because i'm telling you if you focus on jesus the things of earth will grow strangely dim and guess what your faith will grow you want to see miracles in your life focus on jesus focus on jesus because he's the one Fix your eyes on him. Would you bow your head? Lord, I just pray that you would speak to our hearts this morning. Heavenly Father, we all face storms of many kinds. We all face terrible things in our lives. We all face pressures and fears, lots and lots of fears. But Lord... It's not the question this morning. The question is, what are we focusing on? Peter focused on you and he saw miracles. He walked on water. But Lord, what are we focusing on right now? Just take a few moments. Just search your heart. What is it you're grappling with? What is it you're dealing with now? Is it a fear? Is it a care? Is it a worry? Is it a loss? You're just thinking of that in your heart right now, but I want to take this opportunity to take your eyes off that thing and put them right on Jesus Christ. I want to pray a prayer. I want you to pray this with me. Because together we are going to focus. You know, the, the whole power of laser is that it focuses. That's what makes a laser so powerful. And our prayers, our heart, our faith is incredibly powerful when we focus on on the right thing, which is Jesus. So I want us all to do this. Say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I take my eyes off my circumstances and I firmly fix my focus on you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And let my eyes never stop focusing on you. Let's stand together. Just continue in an attitude of prayer.